Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Kirk Gray. Hey, Kirk. You, we were, again, just chatting. And I said, oh, wait a sec, wait a sec. We got to hit record. You said something. You had some new uh, uh, hearing aid, I think it was. And it has a feature that you can kind of program it or adjust it or tune it with your phone. So you can say, I want more of that bandwidth or more of this frequency or less right. and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. And I thought... Can you imagine if you're working with the, the folks making this this device, right? Let's say it's an earbud or, a, mm-hmm. you know, listening to music through your phone or a Bluetooth speaker or whatever. And some brilliant person comes in out of marketing and says, well, how about we make it so you can tune it from your phone? Yes. And it's like two days from launch or something like that. All <laughs> it needs is this extra thing that we've never heard of before from a vendor we've never yeah. worked before. I'm sure it'll work. It'll just fit fine. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fortunately, uh, yeah, Fred, uh, hearing aids, because of the laws Congress passed uh, not too long ago, are now uh, available uh, over the counter or without a prescription. So, yeah, I'm going to try them. You know, they were quite expensive, thousands of dollars per unit. Now they're getting down to hundreds of dollars per unit, and I'm sure the price will drop as as the volume and competition increases. But one of the problems in any engineering design is feature creep and you know um the longer it takes you to develop a new product or whatever uh the longer a time your competitor can come up with a new feature that may take the market and yeah. of course your salespeople come to you and say we got to have this in yeah. our product you know well, i remember years and years ago i was talking to a, a design team that made uh, networking equipment you know kind mm-hmm. of for telecommunication right distribution and stuff and I was looking at their data sheet of all these features they were announcing for this new product, but I didn't uh-huh. see any evidence of like half of them in the in, in the design. The design, and, and oh, everybody has to do that because we have to confuse our competitors as to what we're really working on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, well, quit looking but at that document. Confuse your customers. Too. And confuse your customers too. <laughs> but they were every iteration was you know. They went from 300 baud to 900 baud, you know, right? Net, you know, this gear, and then they then they jumped to 2400, then it was 5000, and then it just keeps escalating. So every six months, there was just major changes of all kinds of feature sets of right. these devices, and it was a game of who would find the right mix of deliverables that performed well enough that the competitors had to take six months to catch up to you because it was all yeah. about market share. Sure. Now. This all relates to reliability, right? Because it's that feature right. creep at the end of the game. And I've, I've been there where somebody walks in, oh, it's just a drop-in replacement for this, but it has six more functions in it. And I'm like, okay, that's probably not true. But <laughs> do we know anything about whether this will work or not? You know? Exactly. And, exactly. and you can do a variety of different things. We can do halt. We can, you know, check vendor records and data and all this other stuff, but right. it still takes time. And right. we're about ready to launch this thing. And somebody's got to make a decision. Is it worth doing or not? And part of right. the, the challenge from reliability is, is conveying, you know, yes, we don't know. That doesn't mean it's good. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just that we just don't know. Right. And, 
and, and then I usually would get a question like, well, what is it going to take to know? And it's like, well, if we studied this and sent it off to some grad students for about four years and did this and did that and everything, and then it's like, all right, never mind. We're going to ship it. And, yeah. and then we find out whether it works or not through customer testing. Right. But it was one of those things I think we all face at one point or another is that we start the program and there's a nice feature set engineering requirements document. We know how much supposed to weigh what color and what kind of materials we should use and all this stuff and then some things work and some things we can't quite get right so we adjust the requirements and adjust the feature set right and part of you know being a good reliability engineer is is in my mind and this is why i brought it up is that you know as features get added as features change what we're looking for what defines what a failure is is when one of those things that we really want to work is or is not working. So right from the start, the early requirements is we start looking at designs and we start looking at, you know, how we're trying to achieve it and approaches. And we say, you know, this would, this would be safer from reliability point of view. This one, mm -hmm. we'd have to do some work mm -hmm. to figure it out, but stay engaged. It's not create a plan and just go run that and provide a bunch of data on a plan on a, a document that, doesn't exist anymore because half of it's changed is to stay engaged, stay with the team and stay with the, the design changes. And ideally you're part of the, the review process to know what's changing in, in the requirements documents. Um, right. I don't know what you've seen that though. I'm sure he's like, what are you doing talking about that? We can't make that. That doesn't work. <laughs> no, this is the problem. Uh, the longer it takes to develop a new product, the, the more opportunities your competitor has to hear about your your possibility, you know, mm -hmm. leakage of, of ideas of what your features you are having and what you're, uh, you know, going to introduce to the market and introduce something better. Okay. So, you know, this is a and critical important why developing reliability and Lean product development is so important because you need to get the product out and mature as fast as possible to the market. And feature creep and, you know, frozen design is never really frozen. I mean, yeah. uh, everybody's, I think, dealing with new, pro uh, do new product development has had some uh, last minute, uh, you know, sales guy or marketing guy just heard about this feature that was being added to the the competitor's product. I mean, when smartphones became water resistant, I'm sure the ones that were developing uh, in the development uh, queue uh, were... Oh, we got to do this. Weren't. Yeah. yeah, we got to make gotta it, get you it know, waterproof, yep. water resistant, and, you know, how, how, how deep are they expecting it, you know, this phone to be able to go, whatever. And so, you know, adding uh, now a, a autoclave pressure test to the phone and looking for leakage is is a new a new test that you're going to have add but the market is demanding that and yep. you know your competitors coming out if you have a folding phone <laughs> with a bigger screen which you know you tried. don't hear about those so much no, anymore. <laughs> no, no. but i mean but the, i mean it's not like we have a, a autoclave for leak detection just sitting around in the lab you know no you don't have a pressure tank and dye penetrant yeah. and things like that you usually have to go out and 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 you Learn can't how to use do it. just one i mean boy yeah. you know you're risking it yeah. 
depending on the cost of the product, you probably need, you know, five, 10 or yeah. greater. But it's not always just the last minute ones. Those are the ones that we tell stories about because the, yeah. they really throw a wrench in, the, in right. the whole process. And it's not just the reliability aspect of it. That throws a wrench in the supply chain and manufacturing side of all kinds of stuff when it's late like that. Um, but it's it's the one of the issues that I, I want to mention and, and guard against is that um, I don't know of any program, even when they do it lean and very short, is because part of the development process is that well, we want to do this feature. Um, we're not exactly sure how we're going to do it. We got some good ideas, right, for the part of the product that's new, and it might change. That feature might not have the sound power or the fidelity or some other criteria. Right. And and if we're still testing that it should be at this particular capability on some measure, mm-hmm. but but the design intent has changed, mm-hmm. you know, the design requirements have changed, mm-hmm. then we're measuring the wrong thing. We're not actually right. providing good feedback back to the team. So part right. of it is keeping track of it. And then right. don't just lock the door. Don't let that sales guy in at, <laughs> near the end of the program. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, your company's watching the field, uh, the product and the competitors and, mm-hmm. and uh, knowing, you know, what the market might accept. Also, new devices are being, you know, new components, new um Chips are being developed that are more have more consolidated features mm-hmm. in them, and so um, you know there might be things that uh, actually not only are a feature but a lower cost that are say we've got to put this part in because you know it's now this much lower. I mean that happens all during the production life probably of the product too, oh, yeah. procurement. But um, so it's it's a challenge, and it, and now you know with just a smartphone. Or like a PC, just think of all the different kinds of peripherals that could be attached to that PC and that yep. motherboard and whatever. Yep. And there's no manufacturer in the world of PCs that can test across all the permutations, all the uh, different devices different that loads. that PC may be attached to and how many devices at the same time. Yeah. Well, you've seen this with, with you know, they start breaking them up, especially they have gaming systems and they have, yeah. you know, right. uh, basic email type systems, real basic stuff. And then they have it, they have them optimized for a business unit or, you know, they, they try to segment the products to where they expect the uses are. So those gaming systems, they're probably connecting all kinds of consoles up to it and high-speed modems and all this other stuff. But you're exactly right. And, and when I was at right. HP, the folks that made the business uh, desktop computers, you know, it was this, look, we've got five different hard drive vendors. We got six different, you know, power supply vendors. We got four right. different m- motherboard vendors. Right. And, and we just, do some mixed builds. They probably yeah, we do. do. They did mixed builds, but they do couldn't every, do more. They can't do every vision, version no. of it now. And, and all of them, it was the weirdest thing is like, well, what's the problem? I mean, they're all meeting this, the requirements, right. right? And he says, yeah, except we don't know exactly all the requirements we should be making specifying because sometimes a particular hard drive just will not behave with a particular vendor's power supply. And right. we couldn't tell you why, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. right. You know, and I, I remember in, uh, you know, watching a bunch, you know, 30 laptops on a desk and the, the programmer or the guys, you know, they were doing the reboot cycles to see mm-hmm. if they get a blue screen of death. Mm-hmm. And, 
identical hardware. And this, you know, I heard the frustration of the of the uh, BIOS guy, you know, the the fundamental operating mm -hmm. uh, basic input output of, of how the system boots up. He says, these two are exactly the same piece laptops. And he says, I can't get one to do this, you know, and the other one, and they're exactly the same. He but said, they're not exactly the same. They're yeah, not that's a, true. Not, no, because they're assembled. I mean, there's variation assembly. You know? Yeah, and there's variation of copper width. There's, cop, very, there's all these little variations. that, And we, that's where it's really frustrating. That's, that's an operating margin because it doesn't ever kill the hardware usually. It just causes a disruption and a, a you know. Timing a, issue time or to something like that. Yeah. yeah, signal integrity issue. And yeah. that's, that's where I stress that, you know, with thermal to limits, especially thermal, mm -hmm. has the ability to change the speeds of, of chips and yep. boards and dimension. And that's why it's so valuable in, in stream limit testing is you can, with digital systems, in almost all cases, you can cause it to fail at a certain temperature. I mean, not excluding the built-in thermal interlocks. Once right, those right. Are You'll get it to fail at a high level of temperature because of signal integrity issues and the, and the timings, not because of, uh, it you just know, fails all together. It melts yeah, or whatever. Nothing, yeah. yeah no, nothing but you have to stuff. actually be looking for those things. That's, that's what I found them. with some people. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of my main point is that as we develop, you know, as we, get a, a new design concept and we got design requirements. We're working with the team to figure out what do they need to know and what, what do we need to evaluate? And we go figure out how to do this new right. fangled test for right. water uh, resistance and all this stuff. And they go, oh, we're skipping water resistance. We're going to make it crush proof now. <laughs> and like, really? <laughs> They're getting pretty good at that, Fred. You, you see some of, the, some of the videos of dropping phones from nine feet. Well, if and, they, they don't survive blenders yet that I know they of. So. Don't but, you know, the complexity of electronics is even just, I remember maybe it was a decade or 15 years ago that that Intel made a CPU and later the board, uh, the you know, PC manufacturers were actually the ones that found this floating point error problem. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And you had to you had to do a particular calculation in a particular yeah. order in order to see it in the fifteenth digit of the calculation, and then so all of us as engineers, oh, this will, we can't use this, we can't trust this. <laughs> and my boss looked at us and says, "You guys add two digit numbers in this thing, <laughs> and, yeah. and only two of them. You know, it's twenty two plus eighty eight, and you're worried about the floating point error, uh, right?" Well, well, when we're doing my, we're doing finite element analysis and we're doing a hundred thousand calculations yeah, off the seven exactly. decimal starts, points. Those errors start to stack up. Yeah. But reality is electronics is the complexity as it increases the permutations and variations and the potential I mean, just testing every single function and cross interaction function it would it's almost you know, in some cases, might be impossible. Right. Well, I'm sure it's pretty darn close to it. And you, you hear, you've heard of it in software world where they talk about test coverage. Are we covering right. all of the various right. pieces? Right. And, and there's a limit. There's in the hardware even more so. But let's say we get a, a, a design document and we have all these issues. Even with the original design document, right? The right. reliability and quality people can't check and test and evaluate and quantify everything. So. No. 
what I've always found in, is that you, you get a first one and then it's basically a discussion about well, what's the one that we really need to pay attention? What's likely to cause us the most problems or we're, what's the new vendor? What's the new material? What's the new concept? Right. And that's kind of a FMEA type approach. Right. And, right. And it's you know, a triage. It's a you, right. Yeah, you figure you out. look at, you break down the system, you figure out which is, you know, power supplies are always usually very critical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. those other things, but well, you can fix those now in software, so it's not an issue. It's, it's, <laughs> but 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 it doesn't stop. You do it once. You do this prioritization, and then as the the design evolves, and as yeah. the feature set evolves, and as the solutions to creating those features evolves and changes, yes, our prioritization needs to continue to prioritize us. Because if we swap out something we dismissed as, oh, we got this in the bag, it's the same keyboard we've been using for 10 years, we've never had issues, it's the most rock-solid piece we got. And somewhere along the line, they're going to go with uh, butterfly hinges, <laughs> Yeah. Remember those? Right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to change the the mechanism, um, but p keyboards are easy, so it shouldn't be an issue at all. Right. And so nobody really looked at it, except for the way we always looked at it, which was, it's not an issue, so we don't invest in it to, to quantify it, to deal with it, to figure out how it fails. And right. I don't know what the whole story was with the, the butterfly keyboard technology, but it pretty much dismally failed in the field. And so... But it's one of those things as it goes is you have to have that same antenna out or sent your spidey sensey to say, no, that's a new priority. We need to really focus on that. And then what are you going to drop off the list? Because we right. we only have a finite amount of time and resources right. and everything right. else. Right. You can't do it all. All. Yeah. You have to cover the high hitters uh, and, and, uh, the high risk, anything safety-wise, certainly is a yep. super priority. But everything else, and the features, yeah, a lot of them you can uh, fix with software later, and it is done quite often. And those are the easy ones. I mean, mm -hmm. you can send an update over the over the internet; it's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. But hardware, much more difficult. So, making a robust, you know, and once again, defining and establishing a uh, the fact that the product operates under very stressful, uh, very high stress limits and has plenty of margin uh, can be then when a change happens, you have some kind of reference point. You have some mm -hmm. kind of baseline to understand if that margin is still there. And mm -hmm. any device mm -hmm. that really drops that margin is obviously a reliability risk. And you have to make that judgment of uh, whether you can improve that or accept it or mitigate that risk somehow with a better cooling or better heat sink or something. Or so something. But it's also a business trade-off, right? Is it, right. I mean, if the, right. if the marketing sales folks say, no, this is critical, otherwise we're just going to be left out of the market. Right. You're not going to sell many. Then so. do we put it in? And then what's the balance of if too many fail, we also get dinged on customer satisfaction and repeat right. sales. And it's, a lot of the stuff we do, so a lot of things Fred, we do. Deal they with always say, how many are going to fail? Yeah, six. <laughs> six per day? No, yeah. six. Yeah. I don't what know what the units are. Yeah, that? I don't I don't. We don't know. It's a guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere between none and all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get out that crystal ball, Fred. Come oh, on. Oh, I had one of them. <laughs> one last story. We'll wrap it up. Is I, okay. I, I did a... Uh, I was, 
they didn't believe they they mounted a circuit board only on one edge and it was yeah. about six inches long <laughs> and it was a handheld device that one of the features that they wanted is that it would sense clapping oh great right and so you you know where through it, a accelerometer or for, for on sonic no no it was through a accelerometer that they would hear they would, could d- detect a clap uh, okay. uh, hitting it, you know, basically you're clapping okay. your hands, holding this thing, and it would, okay. and it would detect whether you're on beat or not. It was some party device or some sort. I don't know what it was. Okay. And I, I looked at that and I go, you know, that might be a problem. Circuit boards really do not like bending. <laughs> and he says, yeah, I thought of that. The mechanical guy thought of that, and he worked with electrical engineering. So he took all the critical components that kept it away from where it was attached, figuring yeah. that it would, it would only bend at near the attachment area so so they really beefed up a bunch of the uh connections into the socket but they and moved components that they were afraid would crack solder joints and vias and stuff like that they moved it away and i thought okay that's good but i but this is not any without any empirical knowledge of of you know testing no right no this is all concept we hadn't even any protos yet from the models yeah and so i was trying to get them to to create me a, a clear casing that would mimic how it's attached so I could, you know, shock it and see how it actually moved. Right. Even before we got to that, the mechanical guy said, oh, we've got this newfangled finite element thing. Let's put it in there Uh and run it through that and and simulate it getting shocked. And it created a sine wave. So there was a deflection at where it was connected and halfway down the board. So the first half would be bending up and the second half would be bending down. Mm-hmm. And right where that max deflection was, uh, was a crystal. Mm-hmm. And this is not good, <laughs> right? Nope. This is not good. And and the mechanical guys, oh, there's a flaw at the mechanical. That can't happen. This is blah, blah, blah. And he, he was mm-hmm. waving his arms a bunch and smoking cigars or stuff, mm-hmm. just making a lot of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> and I said, all right, so I have to have a sample. So I got one of the early prototypes. I took it to yeah. a halt chamber. We yeah. added some vibration to it. The crystal mm-hmm. broke within a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And you could see the stress line where that max piece was. Yeah. And then and then they believed it. And so we quickly, yeah. overnight, they came up with another way to secure that board and dampen out that motion completely. Sometimes you have to just see it to believe it, Fred. Yeah. No, it's and amazing. That's a, and, then, and this is where it's really uh, critical to have the design engineer or whoever was, uh, you know, being doubtful yeah. uh, to show them. I yeah. mean, physical pictures, uh, drawings, a cross-section of the device, whatever. Yeah. And you did it, you know. But it was, I mean, it was, it. You, the, I had low hopes that he'd even believe it. Oh, you overstressed it. Oh, it was, the, uh, you know, he was going to come up with something, but he's, all right, no. all right, you got it. We, but this is a handheld device. You have no idea what the forces are. Yeah, 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 yeah how many times can be dropped and So cold. anyway, it was, it was one of those things that, um, I mean, is they're adding features and they said, and it was one of those that they said, it was one of the early marketing demos they did for us. He says, oh, and this feature is so you can sense the clapping. And I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. 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 So I think that's the bottom line is you just need to keep your ears open, watch for that 
feature creep stuff happening or swapping out solutions, you know, the technology or the approach of how we're solving these problems sure. and the design, because a subtle change can make a big difference to how the system performs. And we can't test everything, but no. keeping that constant prioritization and what's important, what do we need to know? Um, is a big deal uh, for it. Right. And what's happened in the past, what's come from the field, all yep. that information. And that's where experience really, you know, this 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 job, this world of reliability is, I think, extremely dependent on your experience with actually seeing failures from the field, either servicing or being working in an FA lab or somewhere that you've actually seen the physical manifestations of poor quality, uh, low design margin or misuse by a customer and, yeah. and understand that that is the majority of the causes of failures in electronics, not, yeah. not any intrinsic wear outs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Modes. But it, yeah, it, there's a lot to learn. There's lots we can pull from. There's a lot more to learn and the technology will change, oh, yeah. Yeah. but stress will always, always <laughs> be relevant because that's what causes fatigue and Ooh, it's the, aging. What is the, there's a, I saw a bumper sticker, uh, <laughs> gravity, does not care. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to do what it's going to do. That's right. It's always going to be there. Um, and stress doesn't care. It's, but it's, yeah, you know, our electronics are becoming more robust. So it's really uh, for us now to start becoming more robust in our testing yeah. and push it harder and push it to these incredible limits. We're not developing a, a James Webb space telescope or a curiosity Rover. Good grief. Can you imagine the stresses those things are going through? But yeah, but those, I I don't know exactly in the James Webb, but I know in Curiosity, they're using standard semiconductors, a little bit older than the current, you know, because yeah, yeah. they- Well, you heard just the other, well, we, we probably need to come back and talk about these space vehicles because there's, oh, there's some cool stuff coming out about and that. And they've lasted a heck of a long time compared to what their design, quote, life was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a whole other episode. We should, yeah. we should play with pay attention to that. Let's hear it for NASA's reliability. Yeah, for some other stuff, if they get the calculations right. Yeah, that's right. They don't convert. I don't use a British mix, British and, and met metric and, and yeah. standard. To, to, but anyway, um, so the if subtle point today, a couple different things we wanted to talk about. But uh, if you've got questions on this, or if you run into challenges on that, and, uh, of of keeping up with how things change and during the design process, yeah. or you've got a good technique to to make that work really well, uh, we'd love to hear about it. And if you've got questions or on this or any other of the topics we generally rant about or talk about. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. A couple of ways to touch, get in touch with us there. Uh, Kirk and I and the other hosts are available through LinkedIn and through the Ascendo About pages, plus dozens of other ways, I'm sure. Um, so plenty of ways for you to get in touch. We hope you take a few minutes to drop us a note, a question, uh, an idea or a suggestion, any of that stuff is all very welcome. So we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, so with that, Kirk, now you just got me all spun up. I'm going to talk about space stuff, but uh, we'll have to hold that thought for another day. Well, yeah, we there's several extreme environments that we could talk about and how they all deal right. with us. But another time, Fred, and it's good go. to talk to you and look forward to hearing from our audience. Yeah. Thanks, Kirk. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Fred. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. 
we invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes, or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.